just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Tuesday. And uh, we have a special program on this edition of the Rational Boomer Podcast. You might remember several months back, maybe six, eight, nine months back, something like that. We had a listener on the show. His name was Trevor. And and the show was kind of interesting because Trevor, Trevor was trying to find his way through a number of things. And I said, Trevor, this is what you need to do. And why don't you come back in December and let's talk about where you are now. So, Trevor, thanks for coming back on the show. I appreciate you uh, reminding me to get you back on the show. I'm an old guy, so I forget shit very easily. Yeah, I forget stuff, too. (laughs) Yeah, but you're a younger guy and you got other more important things to worry about. Yeah. Thanks for for putting me on the show. No, no. Happy to do it. I was looking forward to it. Now, Back when we talked the first time, mm-hmm. I'll give you my perception of you at that point, okay? I felt like you were kind of timid, kind of concerned, and I don't know if it was because you were on the show or because that's how you are in life. You had some rough situations in your past, and uh, you need a little confidence, a little a little push. And I, 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 I you know, I'm not a psychologist, and I'm yeah. not even necessarily good at this, but I wanted to give you a push or something to go after. Uh, so. If you take a look at where you were at back then, you had to go out and do a bunch of work. And I've been hearing from you r- regularly, so I know you're d- doing really well. Tell me where you are right now as far as uh, your direction and such. Well, like during the summer, I was doing okay. And towards like the fall, like September, I was getting, I was like, experiencing like mental health issues in regards to my disability and then i i went out swimming by myself and then i went out to get like a jama juice drink and then i i called my uncle up he lives in la and he's a my dad's brother who is on my dad's side of the family so and he has a son that's about in his early twenties, I believe, and he has cerebral palsy, and he has he's wheelchair bound, and he needs like twenty four seven care, and he can't speak normally like you and I do, and everybody in the Rational Boomer podcast and all right. the whatever, but he can make <clears throat> he can make sounds from his voice to communicate. Okay, <clears throat> so. I opened up to my uncle and I was like, uh, his name, his name is Greg Lee. So I call him Uncle Greg. I was like, I'm feeling depressed. I, I'm feeling kind of like worried about how I should proceed for this year and everything and everything. And I was like, yeah. And he told me to like seek out therapy for my, uh, health issues. And I did. And I'm, I've been talking to this therapist on this app called uh, Ginger. 
that's kind of associated with Kaiser Permanente. Sure. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah I'm familiar with the, uh, the 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 mental health workers on uh, online, so you don't have to go yeah. anywhere. You can just deal with them online. Yeah. Yeah. I, we I met with one lady during the fall, like every other Sunday. We talked about personal stuff and. And I had to be kind of like a personal advocate for my disabled friend who lost two parents to COVID last year. And I had to be there for him. And I had to be like kind of this like personal kind of advocate kind of person in his life because he has nobody left to take care of him. Yeah. He has nobody to take care, to take him out to dinner, or to take him out to get coffee, or to go watch a <clears throat> like a soccer game or a basketball game here, but right. whatever. So, and well, then, what, yeah. So what, one. What I, what I was going to ask you, you you talked about a, a, a mental health condition or a concern that you have. Do you have something that's diagnosed that you're dealing with? I have ADHD and okay. I was diagnosed with that when I was very little and the government at the time, like they said, I won't be able to graduate from high school, which I did check. I won't be able to graduate from college, which I did check. I won't be able to get my own job, which I did check. And then I'm kind of, I'm working on moving out because my parents, I've been with them ever since I was little and I had to like, grow up and do and yes I dealt with a lot of trauma here and with all with a lot of other people but I had to like deal with it and move on and but bygones be bygones. Well I tell you I tell you this Trevor um I wouldn't I wouldn't let you know still living with your folks weigh on your head. There's a lot of younger no. people currently living with their with their families, whether they have mental health issues or not, I mean the world is just kind of like that now, and and uh, that's not something you should feel some pressure over because a lot of people are doing it. Um, yeah. Now, now, when we we talked last, you you uh, seemed kind of raring to go a little bit, and I got some some uh, DMs from you and such, and said you were you were kind of going after some things. You did that uh, in the summer months. Yeah. Yeah, I I started a, a journal about my issues with depression and everything, and I did be do it privately by myself in my room. And and tomorrow I'm meeting with a therapist that's kind of part of Kaiser, but it's going to be like a Zoomy, like we're doing that right now. So okay, and then I'm meeting with another one. Next month, but I'm meeting with a Volk rehab counselor to kind of like revamp my career and to like kind of push it forward because I'm just exhausted, frustrated. I've done everything by the book and I just want to know why and not being accepted. But I was like, not being accepted, not being accepted as what? For jobs but like i just want to see what kind of career path kind of best fits me what kind of who can help me professionally and 
Right. And, right. Are you taking any kind of uh, any kind of medicine for your depression? Is there any? Yeah, pharmaceutical- yeah. My my primary care doctor prescribed me antidepressants, so I've been taking them like like every day. She prescribed me to do one hundred milligrams and then take two for two hundred milligrams. But how is that working for you? I mean, you notice it. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, whatever I'm taking them, I feel pretty calm during the day, but yeah. Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, Trevor, I hear a difference just talking to you today. When you were first talking in the first one, it was kind of hard to drag stuff out of you. It was harder to get you to talk or comment and such. And you seemed a little scattered at times because you were nervous. You don't seem yeah. to have that problem today. You seem to be more calm and focused and, and interacting like you normally can. You 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 weren't yeah. hindered by whatever fears you might have had at that point. Yeah, I met with a lot of career coaches on Zoom, and I met with this one lady who's based out of New York. She's a life career coach and a, a personal health and wellness coach. So, like, I had to open up to her, and she told me about her side gig in terms of helping people personally and professionally. And she said, and she gave me all a bunch of all these other resources that she does <clears throat> other than being a career coach on this website called Abuse. Right. So I haven't, she wasn't purchasing her service wasn't that expensive. So, but it was like beneficial for me to kind of like, so, so just to clarify now, now some of the issues you're dealing with now had to do with abuse when you were young, correct? Yeah, and and so that is is something that you're trying to get through and trying to get over, and this is why you're somewhat hindered in your self confidence or or what have you. And you know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just trying to learn here. I'm not trying to yeah make okay. you well because yeah. I don't have the, the the capability to do that. But I think a lot of people need to understand what this is about. I'll, t- I'll tell you this, Trevor, when I was growing up and I was a little boy, I had a grandmother who had depression mm. and, and and I've never had to really de- deal with depression. I, I'm not sure why, but I never have, I, you know, I had some things in my past too, but uh, it just never affected me that way. But I remember talking to my grandma and I love my grandma, you know, and, yeah. and, I, and I had a lot of, you know, a lot of good, meaningful conversations with her. And I said, grandma, why don't you just stop being depressed? Now, I, I, yeah. I, I didn't know that what I was saying was ridiculous. It just seemed like the common sense. Do you get that from a lot of people? Well, just stop being depressed. Yeah. See, what my mom just said, just like, just look confident in yourself and open up. And, yeah. And, well, yeah. Yeah. We talk about the news every, all the time during dinner, or we talk about personal stuff, or, whatever is happening during the day. And I had to like keep, be conversive and that kind of in those situations in regards to dinners and like family gatherings and stuff. So, well, and, and the point to have you here wasn't just to, uh, you know, dig into your personal life and, and your personal situation. It's just that it yeah. has some bearing 
on 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 why we're doing the second one. And of course, Trevor, you're welcome to come on the show just like anybody else's anytime you want. You don't have to follow any guidelines. We don't have rules mm-hmm. on the Rational Boomer podcast. We do what the fuck we want when the fuck we want to. And and that and that includes the listeners too. Um let me ask you this. We we talked 8 months ago and there's mm-hmm. always been a lot of concern about what's going on in politics and our government in this country. Do you feel any different today than you did back then based on what's going on now? Well, like, I was kind of, like, a little bit anxious about, like, the midterms. Because yeah. the midterms, and I, I know you, like, and, like, and everybody, like, the Republicans were expecting, oh, there's going to be a huge red tornado. This could be a huge red wave. Yeah. It's like I was watching TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, like on on CNN, and then like I was I I didn't really want to watch look at the polls because it's like the polls are polls. But I was like I want it. I I just want. I, okay, I was, progression is fine with me, but regards to the midterms, but like yes. I live in Oregon, and yes, we have a woman, we have a new governor, and yes, Ron DeSantis, the shithead, still got elected in Texas, <laughs> governor. Well, let, let me let me ask you still got in Florida. Oh my God. Well, let me let me let me, <laughs> let me ask you this. Um, do you feel better now? I mean, when when we were yeah. watching that, when we were watching the news, and I got this from everybody, not just you. Everybody says, "Oh, I'm worried it's going to be a red wave. We're going to lose democracy and all that sort of stuff." Um, and I said, "You know, I just don't see that happening. It just doesn't make any sense." You understand that what you watch on TV. They're kind of manipulating you. They yeah. want you to get excited. They want you to get scared. They want you to get hyped up. They want you to do all that stuff. And they manipulate you and everybody else to try to get you excited to watch what they're delivering on TV. And it's really a disservice to this country because it puts people in a state of, of, of panic when, when when you don't need to. So when the midterms went by, yeah. And it didn't turn out like everybody said it was. Did you feel a sense of relief then? Did you feel better after that? Yeah, I felt better, but like I'm feeling kind of like better about this coming year and how the Democrats have full control of the Senate and how Kentucky Brown Jackson Jackson is in the Supreme Court. Yeah. Thank you, God. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree. Now, what about the situation with the House of Representatives? Now, the Republicans have the majority, but it's a very slim majority. You worried about that at all? I kind of, but like in regards, because I I've been to listen to all your listener episodes on your podcast, right? And every and everything that you shared on all the episodes, and, and like I don't even think that Kevin McCarthy has an amount of as enough votes to even be House Speaker. And even if he becomes House Speaker, how is he going to run this country? Yeah. Like, how is he, how is he going to represent, how, how is he going to converse to the House of Representatives Committee and say, oh, do this, oh, do that. 
that. He's like, <laughs> yeah, there's there, there there's there's very little chance now that 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 uh, um, Kevin McCarthy can get 218 votes. Fact is, there's nobody in the Republican Party that can get enough people in agreement to get 218 votes. I think ultimately they will push somebody through because they'll look foolish if they don't. And it may be Kevin McCarthy. But the fact of the matter is, even once they get a uh, get a Speaker of the House, whoever that might be, um, they're going to have a hard time. They're going to have a very hard time coming together on anything. You know, they want to do investigations and all this stuff. The fact of the matter is the reason they lost the midterms wasn't just because of Donald Trump. It was because of all the crazy shit they do. So yeah. what do they so what do they do? They want to do more crazy shit. It's just going to fuck them over in the 2024 election and they don't even grasp that. Yeah, and it's like why are we prolonging the investigation of Hunter Biden and and like freaking Clinton Hillary Clinton's emails. That's <laughs> Hillary Clinton's emails is the past and <laughs> Are we going to start investigating Hunter's laptop is because of all the shit that he did? Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that that's a very telling thing. When they keep ranting about Hunter Biden's laptop or Hillary Clinton's emails or this stupid fucking Twitter gate that doesn't mean anything about anything, it tells you how little they have to fight against uh, Democrats with. They're desperate because <clears throat> there's going to be more investigations. There's going to be criminal referrals. There's going to be indictments. Yeah. There's going to be people going to fucking jail. And all they got is Hunter La- Biden's laptop. Sounds like we're going to kick their ass, Trevor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so thankful that, like, <laughs> that this is the worst and most horrible year for Trump. <laughs> and it's going to get worse. And it's going to get oh, worse. Oh, yeah. This because of all the like classified documents and him like being in his organization having like what, seven or 17 charges of tax fraud, I think. 17 charges, 17 charges of tax fraud. Yeah. And now Elvin Bragg is finally saying, well, maybe we should look at him criminally. And what's interesting about that is he brought in a new prosecutor to look into the oh. criminal charges against Donald Trump. And you know where he came from? He came from Letitia James' prosecution in the civil suit for the very same thing. So he already knows the evidence. He already knows what's going on. Elvin Bragg's feeling emboldened because they won the case decisively against the company. Now he finally feels comfortable to go after Donald Trump, and he will go after Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, the 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 thing about it is 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 I think you know in the two years leading up to the midterms there was a lot of uncertainty by um, by Democrats, and and you you're not alone in this. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I tell you what troubles me about people okay. in gen, people in general, and I think this includes you, and it includes a lot of people. Uh, maybe I'm the odd one, okay. but people will see something coming and they prepare themselves, assuming it's going to be the worst. They're expecting the worst to happen. That shows yeah. a, that shows a lack of confidence, a, lo- a lack of uh, you know. A little insecurity, and a lot of people have that. Some at different levels, maybe more than others. 
But we've got to do is we've got to train our minds and look at what's going on. And don't listen to the people who are going to just dick around with you and manipulate you. Look at the facts and try to be confident in everything you do. I've said this on the show many times, no matter what I do, (laughs) whether it's foolish or not, I assume I'm going to win. Now, I don't always win, but I assume I'm going to win. And by doing that, you, you, you have a better chance to win more often. Now, when I talk to you, Trevor, you, you know, you've more so in the past, because I see a lot of changes in you now, but you got to have some self-confidence. You have a lot to offer, man. You have a high school education, a college education. You're a smart guy. You're an articulate guy. You know, maybe in your people in your past um, told you other things, but none of that means shit. I mean, think about all the things that people may have said to you, whether it be family members or school school um, colleagues or whatever it is. People will say talk shit about you. I got to tell you, people talk a lot of shit about me. And you know what? I don't fucking care. I enjoy it. The fact that I irritate them that much that they talk shit about me, I love it. The thing is, it's all manipulation. It's like what I said with the TV thing. Yeah, they they want you to think a certain way, and I refuse to do that. I've got people in my own family that love Donald Trump, and they want to try to gaslight me. They tried to do it just recently, <clears throat> and they are very disappointed because it didn't work. Because I don't give a fuck. You can think whatever you want of me. That's the important thing you got to remember, Trevor. What anybody else thinks about you does not matter. You just be you. Some people will like you. Some people won't like you just doesn't fucking matter it doesn't matter because you know as confident as i might seem here there's a lot of people that don't like me because i'm on tiktok or because i do the podcast there's a lot of people that do like me or agree with me but there's a lot of people that don't like me but i don't give two fucks about those people who don't like me and that's what you gotta do is be able to separate that out yeah in regards to what you said like i was friends with like three people my PSU days or my last college and we were we we had some great times together and we chilled out and had coffee and did some social things and now like this these past several months they decided to go their separate ways from me and I was like okay fine they didn't want to associate themselves with me anymore so it's like okay whatever so i was like i'm just gonna go down my path yeah and just follow my leads if you don't like me fine if you don't want to associate with me fine. i won't get to fucking shit about that well that you know but but the important thing you have to remember this isn't necessarily a commentary on you when your friends go separate ways i mean how old are you now 33 33 okay 33 I'm 62. Um, I have friends that were my closest friends in high school, friends in college, friends when I was in my 20s or when I was in my 30s, friends at the place I worked with for for 27 years. You know how many of those people I talked to? Almost none of them. But that's okay because I'm not, I don't have to live in the past. Whatever friend I had was a friend when they were a friend. If they go, you know, Kids your age are going to get married, and once people get married or get in relationships, 
they cut off ties with their with their friends because they can't go out doing the same things they did when they weren't married. So yeah. I wouldn't take any of that personally. That's just part of life. Don't worry about the old friends. Worry about making new friends because that's what's important. What's coming next? Where are you now? And and I think the important thing is, and I can't speak to you as a you know a doctor or yeah. anything. But I tell my kids this, and I tell a lot of people, interact with as many people as you can. The more people you talk to, the more friends you'll get, the more contacts you will have, the more movement you will see in your life. If I'm I'm at a garage sale at a store, I can stop and talk to anybody for any length of time. And a lot of times that turns into something else. Sometimes it doesn't. Maybe you just had a good conversation. But you you got to be willing to put yourself out there, take a risk, talk to people. And uh, as you do that, you build confidence because you can't just flip a switch. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to be confident and positive right now. You've trained your mind yeah. to do what you're doing now, and you're going to have to train it to do something different. The important thing to know is you can do it. You know? Yeah, at my, at my uh, gym that I use, I work out at, I met a bunch of new people that come to the gym or to the swimming pool or the hot tub just to chill or swim or work out. And I met this like one Caucasian guy and we talk about politics and, and get this, Mike, he didn't even get vaccinated. He even believes in Trump and he thinks that Trump is the greatest POTUS ever. And I was like, I, I don't want to even want to talk politics whenever I'm cha- getting freaking naked or changing to my swimming <laughs> trunks. Like, Oh my god, I'm fucking naked, you fucking dumbass. We were talking about, oh, Trump is making the economy so great. Yeah, you want to see my dick stick up your ass, bitch? <laughs> Fuck. Wow, that got blue quick. Anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, that's all right. That's all right. This is the fu- We do whatever the fuck we want here. Um, I will just say this to you, a little tip. If you're looking to meet make friends or meet people don't make them trumpers fucking wrong people wrong people to interact with it won't go well and he said oh why are people getting vaccinated it's it's it's, and he was waiting for like oh i'm waiting for the shit to be implanted into my arm yeah i i I always always uh I always have people coming up to me that are Trumplicans and say, why'd you get vaccinated? I said, well, look, I had the first two vaccinations. I had a booster shot. I had a second booster shot. And um, I had a flu shot. I'll take any fucking shot they can get. I'm 62 years old. I don't want to get sick. And you know what? I didn't get sick. I didn't have any after effects because of the vaccination. I don't have black limos or black uh, SUVs following me. I don't get calls from the CIA. I'm fine. Yeah. And 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 but the thing is when you run into a Trump person it doesn't do any good to argue with them. I mean, I think I can argue with the best of them and I don't even waste my time anymore because you can't get anywhere with them. I just stay away from those fuckers. There's plenty of normal people out there, Trevor. Those are the people you got to talk to. Yeah. My dad had a, has, or had four people in his warehouse that weren't vaccinated. One of them was a huge Trump-a-fuck. 
And I'm thankful to God that he's gone. And I cut him out of my life. I gave him a middle finger as he was leaving and said, don't have, don't let the door hit you on the way out, you fucking asshole. <laughs> that seems like a polite way to do it. I, I, I think I would have done the same. I think I, 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 I would have done the same. So tell me, you, you, you were talking about looking for a new career and, 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 and all that stuff. And it looked like, you know, when I talked to you a while after the last time we, we spoke on the show, you said you had an internship and you were looking into things. Um, what, do, what do you want to do in the future going forward? What do you want to do for a career? Well, I'm a creative writer, digital photographer, and graphic designer. And my mom has said multiple times I had the eye for design. And yeah. I and I designed some stuff, well, a bunch of stuff for my dad, like uh, paper bags that were I have been selling like nonstop. And I designed like paper cup sleeves, like right. uh, cup sleeves and chopstick sleeves and uh dinner napkins uh so your dad has a restaurant he has a he's a wholesale food distributor so he, oh, he sells to restaurants. Yeah, yeah okay gotcha gotcha so well, obviously you're successful at that why would you lack any confidence after having success doing that i mean it's a good way to build some confidence in yourself and yeah. uh you know, if you're if you're a writer and a designer, that's fortunate. You could probably do something like that on your own. All you have to do it. I mean, you don't have to necessarily go work for somebody. You could do it on yeah, your I own. Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I could just be like a my yeah. own. Yeah. And then I my I I was in Seattle at the time, and then I took call my uncle, and he said he looked at my work, and he said, "Yeah, your stuff is." In, is in professional writing. It's like, I, I write, I design, I create my own work how I want it. I don't have to live up to your expectations. I don't have to live up to your rules. It's my career. It's my, like, yeah. Exactly. And he's, yeah, it's, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, your stuff isn't published in news articles, in magazines, or blog posts. It's like, it's my, Fucking work. I design myself however I want to. I don't have to live up to your expectations. Like, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I'll give you an example. I'd worked in radio for most of my life, so doing this is kind of second nature to me. But yeah. when I when I started doing the TikTok stuff, when I started doing the uh, podcast, a lot of people told me, yeah, it's not going to work. You're too old. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, it's not going to work. Why waste your time? And there's a lot of people would think, I want to do it, but I'm just not going to do it because I'm sure I'm going to fail. Instead, I just took the point, I'm going to fucking do it. If it fails, it fails. If it doesn't, then great. And fortunately, by just sticking my neck out there and doing it, I got some followers on TikTok. I got some listeners on podcast, and I get to do what I want to do in spite of what everybody told me. Don't listen to what anybody tells you. The only people that know about the product that you put out um, is you. I mean, if I told yeah. people what I was going to do on TikTok, everybody would say that won't work. And I didn't know that it would work, but I said, fuck it. What do I got to lose? I'm just going to do it. And it worked. Yeah. So the same thing, same thing could be said for you. Don't, 
don't look for um, support, especially from family members. It's a much tougher situation. I told this story last podcast. I said, you okay, know, yeah. if if I want to give my kids advice, they don't want to hear it from me. Even if yeah. it's the most brilliant advice there is because they're family, they don't want to hear it. Now, if somebody else told my kids that same advice, they go, oh, my God, that's fucking genius. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're dealing with people who have a preconceived notion about you. So don't worry about what they think. Just here's here's the thing I will tell you. People spend their lives planning on what they're going to do next. OK, and they're waiting for everything to be perfectly perfect so that they can do it so they can feel like that's going to be the way to be successful. Don't do that. Don't plan forever. Don't plan. Don't hope. Don't dream. Just fucking do it. Just do it. If it fails, then you figure out how to do it differently. No failure is the end of the world. A failure is just an opportunity to say, okay, that won't work. I learned that. Won't do that again. I'll try this. But the important thing is instead of planning and hoping and dreaming and thinking about, just fucking do it. Yeah, my last boss when I was working for the federal government, government, I went, I had an, uh, uh, conversation with my boss or my supervisor. And he said, like, failure is, uh, uh, the factor is just to success. And he's like, you have to fail in order to be successful. Like, yeah. in, in regard, in regards to you, Mike, you haven't been reported on TikTok. And I listened to your last podcast with what? I think it was Chris, I think. Or, yeah, yeah. And he, he said, like, you have a bunch of followers on TikTok and Instagram and all your social media factors. And you haven't been reported by TikTok. And you have a bunch of followers. You have listeners, like, every single day or every single week. And you're gaining, you're gaining popularity. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it, it, it is something that you enjoy doing on your own, and you 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 talk about stuff that enjoy like that brings spirit and brings happiness to you every single day when you're on the Bastion of Beaver podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. I wouldn't do it if I didn't like doing it. It's an opportunity to say what I think and say what I feel, and hopefully, you know. If it's helpful to some other people, if they get information they didn't have, if they feel better after hearing it, then I accomplish something. And that's, you know, that's really all that matters for me in this situation. I I tell you what, uh, Trevor, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, Trevor, you're 33, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so that means you're a millennial, correct? Yeah. You're a millennial. Uh, what you need to know is that the future of democracy and the future of this country is in your hands, not my hands. It's in your hands. We know that the millennials and the Gen Zs came out in force in 2022, and they made the difference 
in the Democrats winning in 2024. There's going to be more millennials and more Gen Zs uh, than in 2022. And by the time we get to 2028, the majority of the voters, the people that will hold the power will be the millennials and the Gen Zs. It had been it had been the boomers for a while. You know, they had so many people, but it's like 5,000 boomers dying a fucking day. So we're losing ranks and the millennials and the Gen Z's will be in control by 2028. Does that make you feel better? I mean, do you feel confident in your generations and the younger generations to take the reins here and straighten this shit out? Yeah. Like, absolutely. In regards to like, I really wanted to like have a huge blue wave in the midterms, but with the results that came out, we weren't able to codify Roe v. Wade, which was like kind of promised in regards to the Democrats, right? And like kind of how Biden was trying to push for that, but like. Well, at least they got yeah. the same-sex marriage and the interracial marriage thing yeah. codified. That's not a problem. They do need to codify Roe v. Wade. They should have codified Roe v. Wade 20 years ago or 10 or 15 years ago when they had the chance. But, frankly, the Democrats got a little lazy. But you understand what's going to happen when the millennials and the Gen Zs are the majority of the voters. The Republicans yeah. are fucking done. Because you millennials and Gen Zs voted like 70% for Democrats. The Republicans are holding on by a thread right now, and you hold their fate in your hands. And what you're going to do is you're going to crush those motherfuckers. (laughs) Yeah, and I I just saw your last TikTok on MTGs, kind of like weird, kind of, I don't know how to say it. (laughs) Well, she, you know, she was, she was standing in front of a bunch of young Republicans and she was giving a speech. For whatever reason, this woman has ultimate power amongst the Republicans in the House of Representatives, in spite of the fact she's been stripped of all her committees. She'll get them back now with whoever's the Speaker of the House. But she basically said, and I don't know if she was half joking or not, probably not. She said, if she and Steve Bannon had been running the insurrection, they would have won. So that says right there, she's basically confessing to the fact that she supports insurrectionists. She supports overturning uh, an election and overthrowing the government. So that's quite a confession. And then she says, and we probably would have been armed too. So now she's, she's owning up to not only do I want to overthrow the country, I just soon have these insurrectionists come in with guns and fight against other Americans to change our way of life. And that's troubling. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. I mean, that's, first of all, it's stupid for her to say, because this is going to come back to haunt her. It's going to haunt the Republican party. They're going to have to deal with this, but you know, I've said it before, right, Trevor, that, uh, yeah. Uh, with Donald Trump or any of these people, let those motherfuckers talk because they'll just screw themselves and they do it every day. Yeah. And it's like uh, Merrick Garland having a new uh, special committee. Special, special counsel? Special, special counsel, yeah. 
uh, I forgot. His what do you think? Sorry. What his name is uh, Jack Smith. What do you think about that? The special counsel situation. Uh, with his background and like his willingness to do what he's tasked to do, I'm excited to see how he's gonna like, like go after Mister Forty Five and how he's gonna like <clears throat> assist. Sorry, excuse me, but like Merrick Garland and all the other people around his circle, I believe. I haven't read up, I haven't read much about it, but I, I heard about him through your episodes previously. So, well, well, Jack Smith is is a guy who was working in the Hague, working on international crimes and war crimes and that sort of stuff. He's quite an intense guy, and he's works quickly. As I've said before on the podcast, when they first hired him, I thought that would slow everything down. And what's happening is it's speeding everything up. He, in the 24 days or so that he's been the special counsel, he's done a lot of shit. He's brought in subpoenas for those people in the swing states for the fake electors. He brought in Brad Raffensberger from Georgia uh, yesterday. Um, he's brought in, um, you know, a lot of people. And uh, I think we're going to see something relatively soon out of him that will start to cause an avalanche amongst Republicans. So can Jack, Jack can he kind of indict Donald? Yeah. Donald he Trump? Can... Or, or, or is there like a process in regards to indictments for him? Or like, yeah, the way this I'm is. Kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, Confused in regards to that yeah. process. Okay, well, I can explain that. Um, basically, Merrick Garland is the attorney general, is the one that puts out indictments, generally speaking. Now, Merrick Garland has to deal with a ton of different cases, and it's hard for him to focus on any one case because he's got so many that he's got to deal with, many that don't have anything to do with the Republican Party. So, what he does is he appoints the special counsel who's focused strictly on the January 6th insurrection and the top secret documents at Mar-a-Lago. That's all he's got to work on. That's all he's focused on. So that's why it speeds it up. Now, he's going to do the investigations, the interviews, get the evidence, get the witnesses, get all this stuff. And then he's going to say, okay, we're going to indict this guy, this guy, this guy. The only play that Merrick Garland has in this thing is he has to sign off on it. But this, uh, okay. but but he will sign off of it, on it. Uh, and the reason he's doing this is to try to make it look less political. As the attorney general in the uh, the Biden administration, he can't help but make it political. But by giving the special counsel access to do it and giving him the choice to make the indictment, that kind of separates it a little and makes it impossible for the Republicans to scream it's political. Now, frankly. The, the 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 crimes and the evidence are so blatant, you know, it would just be wasted breath for them to try to say this is political. But that's what that's what's happening. And Jack Smith is going to make it a lot easier to get indictments. Jack Smith uh, has a reputation of moving pretty quickly on things. That's why I'm thinking even by the end of the year, by January 1st, you may see some indictments, whether it'll be Donald Trump off the bat. I don't know. 
but there will be indictments. There's a lot of people around Donald Trump. I mean, dozens of people around Donald Trump that could very well get indicted. So it's going to be, um, you know, it's the Christmas season right now. But once the Christmas season is over, it's going to be fucking indictment season. And that's going to be festive as a motherfucker. Yeah. So can can Jack Smith actually give indictments to the people that Trump pardoned during his uh, time in office? Or yeah, well, he can if they committed other crimes. He can indict them for crimes they've already been convicted and pardoned of. But when you're talking about people like uh, Roger Stone, for example, yeah, he he, yeah. he, he was pardoned for other situations, but Roger Stone was part of January 6th and Roger Stone was pardoned prior to January 6th. So anything he did after that, he cannot be pardoned and he can be convicted. I mean, just because you're pardoned for certain crimes doesn't mean you get to keep uh, committing crimes with immunity and Roger Stone has committed some crimes. So that motherfucker is going to have a problem. Okay. And I'm glad that Steve Bannon was sent to jail but for only like but a small portion of time it's like i wanted him to be like sentenced to like what 400 some years or so <laughs> well that would be nice but you have to understand about steve bannon too steve bannon was convicted of not complying with a subpoena that's a fairly small offense yeah but you have to understand that that uh, steve bannon was also involved in the january 6th thing they haven't even addressed that yet. So when the evidence mm. comes out and the indictments come out, it's likely Steve Bannon is going to get an indictment too. That's a whole nother case. If we're talking about obstruction, inciting a riot, whatever it is they're going to get them on, that's going to be quite a few more years. So, so um, him getting this light sentence for not complying with a subpoena, think of this as kind of like hors d'oeuvres before he gets the fucking yeah. full course. Yeah. Kind of like the mini appetizers. The, the the one I'm interested in seeing because this is this may be the touchy one. Well, Donald Trump, of course, will be touchy because he's a former president. But Ginny Thomas, Clarence Thomas's. Oh wife, yeah, yeah. She which, should be sent to. Yeah. Like, but it's a weird situation because she's married to a Supreme Court justice, so that's going to cause oh, yeah. some upheaval. Um. I get the impression with Jack Smith, though, he's kind of like Fonnie Willis in Georgia. They don't give a fuck who it is. Um, we keep hearing people saying that no one's above the law. I say, oh, yeah, fucking prove it. Start indicting some people. And then yeah. I'll believe that because I don't believe that no one's above the law because we know a sitting president is above the law because they won't indict him. And we'll see if these important friends of his are above the law very soon when we hear these indictments. What what about this January 6th committee thing? They're going to come out next Wednesday. They're going to release all the evidence to fucking everybody. And they're going to make some criminal referrals. Is that something you're, you're looking forward yeah, I, to? I saw, I saw some of uh, like, uh, Facebook post about the criminal referrals from like four of the Republicans on I forgot their names. Well, nobody knows but, for sure who's going to be referred criminally, but they're suspecting yeah. it'll be Donald Trump, Mark Meadows, Giuliani, 
Um, um, who else? Who was the other one? Uh, the, 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 the lawyer, the lawyer who pretty much mm. was the architect of the little scheme they had to get, yeah. uh, was it Kennedy? It's not Kennedy. It's who the fuck is it? It's, um, God, what's his name? I know his name. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. So, so you, you, do you understand what criminal referrals are? I, I should have took criminal justice in college, but I. Well, the important thing to understand is the January 6th committee can't indict anybody. All they can do yeah. is say, we've got the evidence. Yeah. And then send it over to the DOJ and say, we think you should indict this person. So then the DOJ has it and they've got a little hanging over their head because now the public knows the evidence too. They can't say, oh, there's nothing there because we know there was something there. So all it does is kind of a little nudge to the DOJ to, to give these people indictments saying basically Congress decided we believe these people should be indicted. Here's, we're going to refer them to you because you're the ones that are going to have to indict them. Uh, and then, of course, the DOJ will get all their evidence and such. So it's going to be interesting. Can you imagine, uh, Trevor, what's going to happen if on Wednesday of next week during the January 6th committee mm-hmm. that Jamie Raskin or Benny Thompson stands up and says, we are doing some criminal referrals, and one of those referrals is Donald Trump. I might oh. jo- I might join Truth Social just to see that shit. <laughs> I I went on Truth Social, Mike, one night. It was in the middle of the night. I was like wearing my AirPods Max on my my ears and blasting rap music, and I was I went to one of Trump's like posts, and he had a video of him kind of like flabbergasted and boasting as like the, the narcissistic sorry for my harsh friends. Oh, go ahead. Fucking, Fucking say whatever you want. Fuck it, there he is. <laughs> and I, I went full satanic on that asshole. And full then, satanic. Yeah. That, that sounds pretty bad. Let me ask you something, Trevor. You, you told us before that you're dealing with depression on, on occasion, right? Yeah. Why the well, fuck would you go on Truth Social if you're dealing with depression? That's just going to make things worse. Well, I, 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 I voted, and then I, I was like thinking to myself, I'm just going to delete it, and and I, and I took it down, and I deleted, I went off through social, I deleted my account, and I so like, and I did a virtual middle finger to him. Nice, and I was nice. Like, well, what and did I you just went back? And I just went because I, uh. One of the girls that I showed to you, what I, I was doing it that I uh, following on TikTok. One of the I forgot her name. She, I, I follow her, but whatever. She said that she went on to social, and she's like she does her hand, and she sees all these like posts from True Social about Trump and all right, these right, like. Right. So. What what did you see on True Social when you went on there? I mean, what was it like out there? I I've never gone on it because it was like so it was so Trump. He was just saying like a bunch of lies and bullshit, and I was like, 
how is this even true? Like, why are you? I I, I kind of look at True Social as kind of the ghetto of the apps. You know, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna you're gonna see the graffiti and 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 the thugs walking around and the stupid fucking memes and the ridiculous comments and uh that's why i just don't go i can't even watch fox news because it annoys me so much to hear just flat out lies just flat out lies it's and with the elon busting i'm not even listening to that like i'm even with him like him replacing the people the staff that used to work for him with robots and attaching bombs to their sides of their heads and then forcing them to work long hours or not to wait a job is like how can you ha- how can you are are you on Twitter? No, I got off Twitter. Did it because, because of Elon Musk or before then? Both. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I was I was on Twitter even before Elon Musk decided to invest money into buying that stupid fucking platform. <laughs> You know, uh, and Twitter, if if uh, if True Social is the ghetto of apps, Elon Musk is doing everything he can to make to to coin a phrase from Donald Trump, uh, making it a shithole app. Yeah, because I mean it's frustrating. I'm not on Twitter that much. I really don't spend much time on it, but I know a lot of people do. They have a lot of time invested, a lot of work put in to get followers and, and do what they do, not unlike what I'm doing on TikTok. Um and I, I for the life of me I don't get it. Why would you spend forty four billion dollars and do everything you can to sabotage probably one of the most powerful apps in, in the world? It makes no sense. Yeah. And I'm like he should have been sent straight to space for Jeff <laughs> Bezos. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, so what 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 are your plans now? I mean, at this point, uh, we're watching the pol- political stuff. Uh, we're going to see a lot of bad shit happen to the Republicans, so that should cheer you up a little. Yeah, um, I, I I'm I'm cheerful that this country is kind of leading into the right direction and all the Republicans are kind of like politically fucked at this point. Yeah. That, that's, and, that, that's and, and, and there's no point in how, and like allowing them to be in the white house because this, they don't even belong there. No. And, no. and like, and I know that, that you said this before, like at, we need we need like a younger blood, younger yeah. person in the White House as president. And I mean, I don't I don't hate Joe Biden because he has done more stuff than Donald Trump. He has created more jobs. He signed the uh, <clears throat> the infrastructure uh, bill, the infra bill, yeah, same sex marriage and. Uh, yeah a bunch of other stuff thing is joe uh, joe biden's not my favorite choice for president but you can't deny the fact that since he's been president he's probably done more legislatively than any other previous president so i don't know what more you can ask of him at this point i support him uh i don't think he was the my first choice for president in 2020 but uh 
he's filling the role. He's doing what needs to be done. And he's been around Congress so long. He's pretty savvy about how to do it. I mean, when you think about how close the margins were leading up to 2022 and he got that much stuff passed, that's fucking truly amazing. Oh, yeah. He's he's done some amazing things. So, uh, you know, I think for the next two years, um, he's got some other tricks up his sleeve and it will work. We don't know how things are going to go with the House of Representatives. I say let them do whatever the fuck they want to do because they will just fuck themselves over. Uh, do as much as we can with the Senate with 51 seats. Um, we can push through a bunch of federal judges, just a crazy amount of federal judges. And if we have occasion to get a, a, a Supreme Court justice, all the better. Uh, when you heard about this thing with Christian Cinema, where she defected from the Democratic Party and became an independent, what did you think of that? Did that, did that make you nervous when you heard about it? I was kind of like reasoning why why she decided to become an independent. And I, I just saw an article about it. I forgot where, but I should have read about it. But like, I wanted to know why she made that decision. Like, I can tell you why she did, made that decision. Yeah. Um, it had nothing to do with politics per se. Over the last two years, she's pissed off the Democratic Party in Arizona. They don't like her. Oh. They're going oh. to primary her. Ruben Gallegos, who's a representative in the House, is probably going to go up against her in the primary. And she has virtually no chance to win that election as a Democrat. Mm. So, so she chose to go the independent route. So when primary time comes around, a year and a half from now or whatever the fuck it is, um, she could say, well, I, I didn't want it anyway. Now, some people oh. are, uh, some people are worried that she'll run as an independent and take away votes from the Democrats. I don't think she will because she knows she can't win. Why would she do it if she knows she can't win? So now she has to kind of make hay and try to, you know, she's kind of an attention horse. So she likes to build her profile so she can go on and do whatever afterwards. Now, the previous podcast on TikTok, I heard. Somebody else suggests this. This wasn't my original idea, but it's not a bad idea because because she is so into promoting herself. It would be interesting if Joe Biden went to her and said, hey, do you want to be an ambassador to some country in the middle of fucking nowhere? Or do you want to <laughs> be on my cabinet doing some shitty job? Because, you see, she can't win the election in 2024. But if, oh. the Democrat, if the Democrats win in 2024, the presidential election, yeah. she can keep her job as an ambassador or keep her job as a, as a cabinet member. So if she accepts a cabinet post or an ambassadorship, they have to replace her in the Senate. And you know who gets to decide who to replace her with? The governor of Arizona, who happens to be Katie Hobbs, who happens to be a Democrat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you kick her out, I would, make her I would happy. I mind having Katie Hobbs as governor of Arizona. And Cherry Lake was like, like, fuming out of her asshole about why she wasn't 
But then she wanted, I don't know if you, didn't she want like a recount or something? Or? Well, you know, she's talking election fraud. And that's the funny thing about it. She's ranting and raving like Donald Trump did. But nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention. Not even the Republicans fucking care. The only guy that seems to care is Mike Lindell. And he's an utter failure. He's he's <laughs> failed every every time he turns around. So Carrie Lake is 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 almost laughable at this point because she's a nutcase. She's screaming about election fraud, yet nobody fucking cares. Nobody's doing anything for her. Um, you know, here we are with people still yelling about Donald Trump being cheated out of the election. Oh, he's coming back. Well, it's been two years, motherfucker, and he's still down in Mar-a-Lago shitting his pants, waiting to get indicted. So I think it's clear he didn't fucking win. Yeah, and and uh, I was on my way to dinner with uh, one of my mom's high school friends on uh, last week, and I was watching the Raphael Warren on Herschel Walker election. Right. Oh my! And when I heard Walter Warnock winning, I was just like, "Yeah." I didn't think there was any way Herschel Walker was going to win. He's just too much of a fool. He's like Donald Trump. You let him talk, and he'll fuck himself over, and he did. I just hope Herschel Walker goes away and does whatever the fuck he does because he has no business being a U.S. senator. But that's an impressive thing, taking a red state like Georgia and having two Democratic senators. Yeah. Had that before, and now we have uh, Warnock for another six uh, six years. He's another yeah. six years. And then I think um, um, I, be- I believe uh, – Ossoff is for another four years. If he was voted in in 2020, he's got six years. So he's got till 2026. So they're going to have Democratic senators in Georgia for a while now, which is which is good. If we can get a red state to flip like that, all the better. Um, So so for you, we're getting close to the end of the show here Uh, for you. um you're going to be talking to some people looking to make some career moves, right? Yeah. What What do you want them to tell you? I mean, you know what you can do. You know where your talent lies. What do you hope to get from them to make it easier for you to strike out on your own? It's like, what? What do you need from them to go out and do it? Like, just to, like, Identify what what I was doing wrong in regards to <clears throat> applying for jobs, but I mean, but well, I, tell, I, I, I I tell well, you I, I tell you this I can um, you clearly have experience you have education yeah. you're in a time right now when people are in dire need for for um. Or employees. Now, I will tell you this. Yeah. What you're, what you do is more artistic. Yeah. And it's harder to get a job in an artistic way because, because everybody's art is different. Um, but how you come off to people when you talk to them, 
I tell you this, whether you're asking a girl out, you're getting a job, or you're dealing with whatever, if you walk in and you talk to them and you seem to lack confidence in yourself, that will get people to pull away from you because they'll feel like, I'll tell you this, if 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 you can show confidence and certainty, uh, that gets you closer to being a leader, gets more people coming to you as opposed to going away from you. Um, so the way people perceive you will have a direct impact on if you're successful in getting jobs. You have all the tools right now. You have the experience, yeah. you have the training, you have the education. So there's no reason you should lack confidence. Um, and again, if it's, if it's medical and it's uh, chemical based, you just got to do what the doctors tell you to do, but you have to change if by just changing your perception or your, your perception of the world you will change people's perception of you. It's all about confidence. There is nothing more important in life than a certain amount of confidence. I'm not talking about cocky. I'm talking about confidence. You walk in someplace. I mean, let me ask you, when you watch TikToks, when you watch me doing TikToks, um, do I seem like I'm nervous or lack confidence? No, no I seem, you, seem, you seem like, Excited, no matter whatever happened. I mean, you, you, in regards to when Raphael Warnock won, yeah, you, you seem astounded that oh, Raphael Warnock won, and Trump's in the fucking toilet shit hole that he is right now. <laughs> well, well, my point is, is when I'm doing the TikToks because I'm a 62 year old man going on what people thought was a kid's app. It was important for me to portray myself in a certain way. Fortunately, this is who I am. So I didn't have to change yeah. anything, but the level of confidence, when I say something, if I'm confident about it, people are more, ten, more, more tend to believe you. If you don't seem sure of yourself, then they're not sure if you're going to be able to do the job for them. You want to leave them with no question in their mind that uh, that you're the guy, that you're going to do the job, and it's going to be done well. And then you get the opportunity to show yourself and shine if you can. But I can tell you right now, if you're going in for a job interview, and if you seem uncertain, or if you seem to lack confidence, that is going to work against you. Now, how you how you change that, I mean, that's something that some of the people you're talking to will help you do that. But that's the problem. The problem isn't that you can't do it. You can do it. You just got to convince them that you can do it. And the only way to do that is showing some confidence. Yeah, I've done some mock, a lot of mock interviews with my former volunteer coordinator boss who works for the Portland Parks and Recreation Bureau in the city of Portland. I've done mock interviews with him and some former coworkers at my previous job and some, a bunch of interview practice with my career counselors and, and, yeah, and I, I, my dad takes me to these like social gatherings, like business social gatherings in regards. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, for example, 
one of his suppliers who owns a Vietnamese restaurant in Portland and Seattle. He was running for Senate seeing the House Representatives in uh, Salem, Oregon. It's a city in in uh, Portland, Oregon. He wanted uh, people like around his neighborhood and around his community to vote for him for whatever. But well, I'll tell you this, yeah, Trevor. You, I, I've started sorry. jobs. I've started businesses before, and some of them have failed, and some of them have been good. doesn't really matter. But if if I'm you, if I'm thinking like you, doing what you're doing now, think about what you've had success with. You've had success with creating some things for your father in his wholesale business, right? And they've come yes. out good, and they've become popular, and, 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 and so that's a success for you. You yeah. also have some creative writing ability. What I would do if I were you, and, you know, you can choose to do it or not, but I would take some of those examples and I would write a very confident, very straightforward email to begin with. And uh, um, in that email, show the stuff that you've done. Say, this is who I am. This is what I do. I want to do it for you, and I'm going to do it at a pretty good price, or maybe even a cheap price, and 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 send it out to as many restaurants. Just focus on restaurants. Send them out as many restaurants as you can get. Send it out to 100, 200, 500, 1,000 restaurants. Just send the same thing out. What I found when I was in business is when you take action and you stir things up, some things will fall in your lap after a time. You get it out there. You get people talking. You do it inexpensively, mainly because you want to build a more of a portfolio of the things you do. So if some guy says to you, I want you to do this, a menu, or whatever it is, and they only have to pay 100 or 200 bucks. that's not enough to live on. But it's setting the base for what you yeah. want to do. You know, you get some examples and then you go deeper and you keep hitting these people. Repetitions is good and just keep stirring it up, stirring it up all the time. You'll get calls. I, I went into a business I knew nothing about. I just kept stirring it up and eventually I got pretty busy, but I had to do put in the work. I, I didn't get disappointed when I didn't hear something one day. I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. If you do something like that, you will get some clients out of it ultimately because either they will like what you do or they don't have a lot of money and don't have anybody that can do it so you can do it inexpensively or they like what you do and they like your price. All you need to do is get two or three of those and then that will start the momentum in the proper direction for you. So, But you got to take the action. You can't just say, well, I'll wait till my guy tells me how to do it. You know how to do it. I just told you how to do it. Write a good email because you're a writer. Show your show you show what things you have already that you've done and say, I want to do it for you. Give me a chance. It won't cost you anything. Uh, it won't cost you much. In fact, you might just say to him, look, say you want a placemat. I, and I don't know the business, so I'm just pulling this out of yeah. my ass. Yeah. Say you want to play this math. Give me a chance. Give me a chance. I'll do the first one for free just to see what happens. You do that. They like it. They accept it. Now you've got a client. 
that you can charge for other things down the road. The important thing is to get in the mix, stir it up, and get your inroads into these potential clients. And you could probably work for yourself, ultimately make money working for yourself because the types of things you do are more artsy and it's tougher to get a job working for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, being like an artist and like seeing other people's work, like, yeah, there's, I, and I know that there's a lot of other talented people that have more skills and have more of a repertoire and more of a artistic background in regards to wherever the career was. And yeah. So, so that's, we're, about ready to wrap things up here. So that's your homework okay. for next time. Six months from now, I want to hear you started a business and have a million dollars in the bank. Think you okay. can do that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can reach a million, but you want half of the million? No, no, no. I don't want, I don't want half of the million. You, you're doing the work. You, the thing is, I think you're more capable than you realize. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I have no artistic ability. All I can do is fucking talk. So that's what I do. I talk. Yeah. You're artistic. Yeah. So be artistic. Use your photos. I mean, in this world now, especially on website types of things, everybody has websites or apps or things. They need graphic design. They need, um, they need copy. They need photos. And since you can provide all of those things, you become a valuable commodity to a lot of these people. I will tell you this. I have some family members that are in graphic design, and it's not easy to find a job in graphic design because there's a lot of graphic designers. But yeah. there is not a lot of graphic designers that also are photographers and can write copy. So that's what sets you apart. So use that to your advantage. Yeah. Uh, one of my blogs that I wrote about, I think several years ago, it has reached like 2.4 million views all around the world. And I I see the tracking of that blog post like every single week and it keeps growing and growing and growing. And, then, and I'm, my, I'm just going to start my own damn business because I'm just fucking tired. Yeah. Yeah. You don't count. Don't worry about other people. I mean, that's what I did. I didn't like working for other people. I said, fuck it. I'm just going to do it myself. And, and it's hard and it takes a while, but you got to be diligent about it and keep pushing on it and keep working on it. And, and, and you'll get there. Do you have a blog right now? Yeah, I do. I have, well, tell me what I it can, is so we can, people I can, can go to I it. Can, uh, it's called, um, medium, like medium, like the size medium. Yeah. And it's at the uh, capital M and then medium. And then I, um, I can share the, the website with you, Mike, on Facebook if you want me to. Yeah. By all means, uh, do that. No, no. It, it, is it, it's, it's not medium.com, of course, because I'd be surprised if you got that. But, uh, so yeah. you can send uh, me a link uh, to uh, it. Yeah. I could. Okay. Send me the link. I'll, uh, and, I'll get it out to some people here on the podcast and on Facebook and Instagram and all that shit. And just keep feeding that monster. You keep feeding it with content. Yeah. I've, I have posted like four to three stories on it. And I, I'm, and since Christmas is coming, Mike, I'm just going to go crazy. I would go crazy. I mean, look, you, you say you have put 43 
bits of content. For the for, for the published story, published story does it right now, and I am just going to go mad crazy. Well, well, let me put it to you this way: I do four to anywhere from three to five TikToks every day, and I do a podcast every day, and I will do more if I can get a hold of it. The important thing is to keep putting content out there because the more content you put out the more you stir things up and the more you stir things up, the more people will be exposed to it. Trust me, it works. I've done it. Yeah. And a bunch of my family and friends wanted me to like sell my work and my, my designs for profit. And I was kind of like, like questioning about how much I should charge. But I was like, in regards to that restaurant, email um, it's like how it kind of slowly yeah kind of building up because like one person i forgot her who mentioned this to me she here she said oh trevor is that you just be your own fucking entrepreneur and not yeah. work for anybody exactly that's what you should do and in terms of how you price this stuff you're it's worse to price it too low than too high I've had things where I priced it low thinking I'm going to get a lot of business and I don't. Then I raise the price and I get more business. You know, at first you've got to establish yourself and get some clients. So you've got something to show future clients. But once you get to that point, don't be afraid to charge a reasonable route amount. You've got to, you got to live, man. You got to pay bills and you've got expenses and, and you shouldn't be afraid to do it. Don't assume that you don't deserve that money. Assume that you do deserve that money and just fucking go get it. Yeah. All right, Trevor, I want you fucking working on this shit. Okay. Cause All you right. can do it. You can do it. Anyway, I'm a 62 year old man. I'm fucking TikTok. If I can do that, a 33 year old man with some talent can fucking do it. So just do it. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about people telling you how to do it. Just fucking do it. You know, yeah. All right. Thanks. Well, Trevor, I appreciate you spending time with me on the podcast here. It's a pleasure to talk to you. And, uh, you know, you don't have to wait for me to invite you to be on the podcast. If you want to be on the podcast, just send me an email, say, I want to okay. be on. And that's all you got to do. So be sure to keep reaching out like you have been and, and uh, don't hesitate to come on the show. Okay. Oh, so, I hope you have a great holiday and Christmas. I hope you do, too, and I'm sure you will. Have a great holiday. Have a great Christmas or whatever you celebrate. Uh, I want to thank the folks at uh, at home or wherever you are for taking the time to listen to the show. And uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.